Hello, 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 and welcome to, uh, I'd say, another edition of Diz After Dark, but this really is more Diz After Dark side of The Force Awakens. Uh, <laughs> this is not your usual Diz After Dark show, but I am your usual co-host, Nick. And you've got Paul D here. And I'm now out of prison, so Craig is back. Yes, yes, no Mr Boniface. However, in in replacement of that, we have a very, very special guest. Would you like to reveal yourself? Uh, hello, it's Tom Amin. I'm here with you guys again. Hey! So excited to be Welcome, here. Welcome, Tom. Thank Not you. as excited as we are to have you. And uh, as you can hear in the, in the background, rather than having the usual uh, ambience of the mouse's head, we have instead filled the mouse's head with uh, Tom's latest, arguably greatest work. <laughs> Are we saying that? Are we allowed to say that? Should we you not can, say, you that? Can say that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Journey to the Stars. It came out yesterday, Tom, was it? Yes, it's out. Uh, and it's actually, you could buy it on CD. You could download MP3s, however you you like your music these days. But yes, it, it's finally out. And I have to give it a five out of five. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. Fantastic. I had a full blast in my car yesterday. (laughs) Nice. I like that. Was you going to speed? Yeah, I did. I had a little Chewbacca sitting next to me. I just put a mop on our Grace's head and just made a growl. (laughs) (laughs) Just just a normal Monday Monday morning then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Tom's picking up the lingo as well. I heard that. I heard that. Um, So, yeah, as you can probably gather, as well as having Tom, uh, you know, it's the kickoff of Star Wars week. I say kickoff, we're recording this Tuesday, but it's the week of The Force Awakens. So it's a big week if you're a Star Wars fan. Um, or if you're a Disney fan, I suppose, as well, possibly, maybe, I don't know. Um, but we wouldn't be Diz After Dark if we didn't start the show as we should always start the show, and that is by saying, what's everyone drinking? Okay, I've got, I've got a bottle of uh, blue milk course <laughs> <laughs> alcoholic three percent blue milk cheers cheers just gross mr lucas uh i'm drinking absolutely nothing I'm not even i'm not even pretending not even pretending <laughs> no not even not even water to to wet the whistle i've abstained from alcohol now since um october uh i got my four and a half stone award in slimming world last week so, yeah, I'm just cooking on gas. I'm in well the done. zone. I'm like a ninja. I'm like a Jedi master. You are. <laughs> yeah. You are one. You are ease. Exactly. Fair enough. Uh, My horse has awoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, nice. what, that's what she said. Um, Tom, what are you drinking? <laughs> I have a little bit of Sambuca. It's that, little, that Roman um, Liqueur. It's, it kind of tastes like licorice, though. So you have to like that anise flavor. Yes. Or you don't mm-hmm. like it. But I don't. I don't drink a whole lot. But I, I have like a little um, shot full. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what I'm uh, wetting my whistle with today. Nice, nice, good choice. Um, yeah. I had a bad experience with tequila last week. Something else you have is shots. So, um, <laughs> which actually now I'm going to reveal what I'm drinking is a bit strange because 
Um, I was going to look for a Disney themed, uh, Star Wars themed beer. I, I run out of time. I'm house moving at the moment. So um, I have gone for an Amigos, which is a ripoff of another beer. Um, but essentially it is a tequila flavoured beer. So after just slagging off tequila for making me feel ill, I'm having a tequila flavoured beer. Cheers, everybody. Nice. Cheers. Cheers, guys. How many tequilas did it take to uh, make you ill? Oh, one. Oh no, because what it, it was—it was basically we've been drinking for about five hours, and it was just—it was that was the tipping point. Uh, it was that shot, the salt, the lemon, yeah, and yeah. the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just not good. I had to go and salute the colonel afterwards. You met and... Ralph. <laughs> huh? Did you meet Ralph outside? <laughs> Ralph and Huey. Yeah, the twins. <laughs> yeah. Ralph and Huey. Yeah. Ralph. Yeah. And, the, and the news. Huey. Huey. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm obviously showing my age uh, and speaking of people if they want to show their age of course they can come and visit our website www.disafterdark.com or they can email us at podcast at disafterdark.com and we're on twitter at disafterdark and facebook.com forward slash disafterdark yes and other, other places Craig um, sort of yeah, okay, let's let's yeah. say that. I will do a vine at some point. I've been lazy, I admit that. And uh, where can we find Tom? Yes. I am on uh, Facebook and Twitter, both, uh, but just my name, Tom Amin. Uh, that's T-O-M-A-M-E-E-N. Uh, and I also just started using Snapchat. A friend of oh. mine got me on that. And I think my name on there is just the real Tom Amin. I think that's what it is. But yeah, but mostly I'm on Twitter a lot. That's that's my my preferred platform is Twitter, but I'm also on Facebook if people want to email me there as well. And you, you're searchable in uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Play Music, yes. yeah, everywhere, yes. everywhere you can get music. Tom Armin is there. Not Tower Records though. All good music stores. <laughs> it should be there. It should be there. We had uh, there was a little delay with iTunes because it's the holiday season and there was a lot. I guess of music going up there, but the, the CDs on iTunes now, it, you can order a physical CD from cdbaby.com. Uh, and of course it's going to Google play and, and Amazon and all that good stuff. So yeah. Fantastic. And as you can hear, the yeah. ivories are being tinkled. The Cantina band. Possibly yeah. my favorite Star Wars song. Possibly. Great it's, it's a bit hard to choose really. I mean, the, the, I mean, going back, cause I'm sure so this is where we get onto the Star Wars heavy section of the show. <laughs> the whole show becomes <laughs> Star Wars heavy. But, um, I, I mean, I personally definitely have been watching the uh, the original series of films uh, in preparation for this week's release of The Force Awakens. And um, one thing that um, I think really stands out when you, you watch those films, especially if you know those films really well, which, um, you know, most people w- would have done, um, is how... Uh, how special the music is in those films. And I know, you know, films can not be made or broken by um, their soundtracks, but can definitely be helped by uh, having some iconic um, music that people love. And, um, you know, Star Wars is completely full of it, even those crappy ones that they did. Um, And, um, I mean, Tom, obviously when coming up with the, the concept of the album... Um, and obviously the intention to do an album based on Star Wars music. What was your starting point? What was the what was the first one that you thought, 
I love this. I, you know, I, I've I've been playing this. I really enjoy it. I think there's an album here. You know, I used to I played a lot of John Williams music first of all. So not only was I doing Star Wars, but I was doing I was playing music like E.T. and Jurassic Park and uh, Schindler's List and just a bunch of his scores. But of course, Star Wars has a, a huge spot in my heart because I was raised with the movies. You know, I, I saw the first movie. In 1977, I think I was eight years old. So I got enamored with the movie. And then, of course, as I got older and, and really started to listen to music, I, I fell in love with the score. So I always have played the main theme. I used to I used to do it in medleys when I'd play like movie medleys, and that always ended the medley. So I did the Star Wars main theme. I used to play um, the Cantina Band as well for fun, because it's just a fun song oh. to play. And I also did the binary sunset theme I would do all the time. So I thought, you know what? How how would a Star Wars album sound on the piano? You know, like how can I bring all of that score down to just a single instrument, but yet have it retain, I, I feel the magic of John Williams, but also putting my own little spin on it. And that's what I tried to do with all the music. I wanted to maintain that excitement excitement when you hear those melodies but then just kind of put my own little flair on it uh so it really started with the star wars main theme and that cantina band i thought i have to record these yeah and uh yeah that's how it started oh, excellent and i mean yeah i mean two two definitely um of my favorite pieces of star wars music although i'm also is it the is it the balance of the force is that what the title's called um from episode one Oh, the big orchestral. The big orchestral. Yes, uh, I think you're right. Bit of vocal in there as well. Yeah, well, that Duel of the Fates is the one that. I oh, played. so that's yes. That's what it is. That yeah. Duel of the Fates. That was the one song from the new ones that I had to use because I thought that song was just brilliant. Mm. And you're right with that choral arrangement and the orchestra. And I thought, could I do this on piano, or would it? You know, how is this going to sound on just a piano? But I think I think it turned out pretty well. I, I figured out figured out a way to do it, and uh, it turned out really well. But that's the only piece that I used from the the current the more current films. Uh, all the other music is from the first three movies, meaning episodes four, five, and six. Yes. I think that still that still does confuse people. Even my my wife uh, confused by that. <laughs> Uh, element as well. I think that's a woman. Uh, women generally can't see in three dimensions or color. <laughs> so that's what I've been told. Is it? Is it because oh, they're really? tiny brains, Craig? Is that what it is? I think so. <laughs> bit scientifically well, proven. So Craig, well, there go the female listeners. It's okay because I mean none of our wives listen to this, so yeah, I mean I, I would get beaten up anyway. I feel comfortable to tell her about it. I think we're safe. Um, so. Right, I've I've watched the episodes one, two, and three um, in the last two weeks. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, <laughs> uh, Revenge of the Sith come out ten years ago. Mm. Wow! And, that, and that's the last time I've seen it. Okay. And for me, that's the best of the the three. Yeah. That, yes, that, I, I agree. I, I I'll say I'm a fan of Star Wars, but I couldn't tell you the planet names and stuff like that. So the volcanic planet that they're fighting on, that battle is absolute epic. It's, yeah, it's called Lavatan. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Lavatan. That's a great, I love that scene. I mean, that scene is, oh, yeah. That, that third one was my favorite one out of those three. 
Now, did that have did that have a score? So I, I mean, even I only watched it two, three nights ago, but. Yeah, they they all did. I mean, I couldn't tell you because I'm not as familiar with those scores mm. as I am with the the first movies from yeah. the '70s and early '80s. But but they had. I mean, John Williams did some great music. He had. Uh, I almost put on the album the um, Anakin's theme. You know, when he was a little boy yeah. in Episode One. Like that's a really cool theme. He's got Duel of the Fates. He's got a lot of really nice themes that he did for those those films. I mean, I don't even, although we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I've not even looked at the the track listing for the Force Awakens soundtrack. Because See, I, have, I haven't you, either, because aren't yeah. you afraid of spoilers? Well, that's what happened with episode one. Yes. Because yeah. one of the tracks was quite famously, uh, it, it wasn't it Qui-Gon's funeral? Yeah, or was, something like that. Yeah. 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 I've just looked at the playlist, and track three is Luke Skywalker's Don't a baddie. See. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down to Liverpool. I'm gonna travel on trains to Liverpool and urinate in your face. That's how I feel right now. Um, <laughs> which is, of course, is the big rumor. But so let's go, let's go back. Let's not start where we should do uh, okay. at four, five, and six. Let's go to one, two, and three because we're talking about it. Um, now, I was, I, I remember watching that first trailer for the Phantom Menace. And uh, on my computer, I think it was a 56k modem. It, it might have been no, it might have even been slow. I had a 15.6 at one point. It was um, 99, is this 1999? Well, yes, the trailer was out though in 1998. Okay. Um, nah. So it was a good few months before, and um, yeah, it came out. I remember when it came out in America actually, because when it came out in America, it was attached to, uh, if I remember rightly, Meet Joe Black. And people were buying tickets to watch the trailer and then sod off. Wow. Because no one wanted to see the film. But they wanted to see the Star Wars trailer. <laughs> and and this was, yeah, I mean, now, you know, I can switch on my Apple TV and, um, you know, look at The Force Awakens or look at whatever trailer I want to look at. Whilst before, you you know, it wasn't always that easy. So I remember sitting there, dialing modem, probably took about 25, 30 minutes to download a two-minute trailer. And... <laughs> As cool as it looked, there was no cooler shot in that trailer of when Darth Maul activated the second part of that lightsaber mm. to make it a double-ended lightsaber. My little tiny 15-year-old mind was blown mm-hmm. at that point. There was definitely no other blowing at 15 at that age. Um, <laughs> but it was, I, I still remember how excited I was for that film. And then you had, of course, all the toys coming out. And I remember going into Toys R Us, and there was just walls of Star Wars toys, and just completely reveling in that anticipation for it. And going to the first screening at my local cinema, which is now closed, but has now reopened, and walking out a bit dejected, <laughs> I won't lie. Even, <laughs> even at that age, I was like, I enjoyed it, but... And I think as time has gone on, and I've watched it again, and actually... Um, when Craig said about not seeing uh, Revenge of the Sith uh, in the last since it first came out 10 years ago um, it was 10 years ago that I watched uh, episode 1 for the last time when I saw all the films back to back for the premiere of Revenge of the Sith and um, yeah I I actually forgot mostly how dull it was the trade negotiation stuff is just boring (laughs) I mean, for me though, he's got he's telling a story of 
you know, and, and unfortunately, every story has a beginning. That was a tagline. <laughs> you know, and that's where they had to go with it. For me, what was bad about it was I'd forgotten how poor the CGI was. Mm. Uh, right the way through them three films, it, it's almost, some of it is almost cartoon-like. Especially some of the fight scenes, I would definitely, and we'll come to that in a second, I think more with episode two, but... Um, yeah, and I mean, I think I think immediately that the one thing that, you know, universally, except for some reason, again, I'll mention more, my wife, is Jar Jar Binks and how annoying that character was. Um, yeah, everyone, everyone found him annoying. Yeah. Everybody well, except George Lucas, who loved him. Uh, I just, <laughs> right. I mean, it's a, and also as well, because I mean, the thing is, everyone pulls him up not as just an annoying character, but also quite an annoying stereotype, quite a, quite a racist stereotype. And yet, um, the same could be said about the um, the two, uh, I can't, the two politicians, not to- the politicians. What are they? The weird alien-looking things. <laughs> they go and speak to the beginning, which are I think yeah, the trade, the trade fellas. The, yeah, um, yeah. Which are supposed to be um, the Taiwanese, yeah. I, I believe, or something like that. Very strange, and again, like ah, oh, like very over-the-top right. kind of stereotypical voices and, and, and actions and it's just like <laughs> it's a bit, I'm su- put it this way I'm surprised they didn't get somebody white to play Lando Carizian just, <laughs> right. just black up you know it, it was just very very bizarre and, and racist and I, I just don't well Disney yeah. wouldn't wouldn't let that happen that's for sure um, yeah. but yeah I, th- I think both of us are in agreement that um, it's just not a particularly uh, not a particularly good film but we survived that one, and obviously we wanted to see how the story unfolded, and we knew where it was going to, and that led us to Attack of the Clones. But just going back to the first one, don't you think the the way the, the Jedi's are acting is all very understated? It's all very wooden. Yeah, but, but you know what? I don't think... I, 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 I'll tell you why I don't think it's the acting just so much. I mean, obviously... Yeah, but don't you think that you know these Jedi's are a century old? It's a, a thousand year cult, basically, isn't it? And they're very cocksure of themselves, maybe, and they don't get riled. And do you think? Do you know? Do you think they were meant to be acting like that? Well, I see. I, I do put a lot of the problems down with the acting, down to the dialogue, and also to the direction as well. Because at the end of the day. They're being asked to do that. If you see Ewan McGregor or Natalie Portman or Liam Neeson in another project, they're nowhere near as wooden or as bad acting-wise as they are in, in, in those films. Jake Wood we never saw again, so we just assumed that he was always an annoying little brat. But again, dialogue, that could possibly have been a reason for it. And Hayden Christensen, he's not a great actor, but again, everything I've seen him in other than a Star Wars film has been a marked improvement over his Anakin Skywalker. So I do feel that a lot of the problems with with this uh, prequel trilogy is, is down to the direction and what uh, the dialogue they're having to have, as well as, you know, and I think another key thing is, you know, for the majority of, of the film, at least 90% of it, I'd say, they're filming in front of green screen. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and I think that makes a massive 
difference to how those films feel, uh, feel those films feel in comparison to four five six and of course the force awakens which we know is a lot of of actual uh, practical sets mm-hmm. um and i mean you know there is a completely different look to you know those four films compared to episodes one two and three and i think those things all play a key role in it and you know when we're talking about crappy dialogue and, and stuff like that um you know we've only got to look at episode two um, which is the crappiest love story ever told, surely. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no Casablanca, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... I mean, there, was, there were a couple of good bits in episode one. Have you got any highlights? Uh, not at the Are moment, any... no. I mean, I no. used, I've had blonde highlights before. Um, <laughs> you so, guys are remembering a lot more than I, because I barely remember any of them. Because well, I t- only saw them once. But it's because we watched them recently, that's why. That's how, why. You don't mind me asking, Tom, how old are you? I'm 46. So, so... you you were there for 77. Like oh, I, yeah. I, eight yeah. years old, yeah. I was four, so it passed me by. Oh, okay. So you've got that, the hype of the first film, and obviously yeah. the second. And, th- and then, so oh, all yeah. the years later... You must have been buzzing to go and see Phantom Menace. I was excited. Well, there were rumors going around for years that they were going to do the first three films, you know, like the the go back. Yeah. And so that was really exciting, you know, to see how are they going to do this. But yeah, you're right. Like once I went and saw the films, like the Phantom Menace, I think I was bored during that. <laughs> like I was just yeah. like, oh, no. And you're right. There was a lot of CGI. And I think a lot of the characters like, well, this was the, the three... Uh, episodes one, two, and three. Um, if you notice, like, because they were all es- mostly established actors that I knew, I did not buy them in those parts. Like, I just could not see Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. Like, I just didn't get it. I was like, mm. yeah. like it was weird for me. But if you realize, like, the first Star Wars films, those were all unknown actors. So yeah. you're getting yeah. kind of like a fresh look, even like with the Force Awakens. Look, the two main characters are people I've never seen before and that makes me really excited because it's like a brand new thing for me you know yeah, it's like samuel l jackson was he was terrible samuel l jackson yeah, when you I think just... when when you think of his acting in pulp fiction mm. you know this is a the milkshake scene and all that yeah you know he was it's like cardboard uh, yeah a lot of it is it is direction though that's a lot of it because the actors are basically doing what they're told to do mm, but yeah but it's yeah. like, but you're right. Like, but I just didn't, the actors were too famous for me. It's just like, no, I just, I don't, I did not like it. But that was my thing. Like, that was my takeaway. I'm, okay, I'm going to say something positive about it then, okay? Mm-hmm. Go, just please. To, yeah. just, to, just to balance up the two sides of the force. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like the, the lightsaber fight between um, Ewan McGregor and... Uh, the three of them. Liam Neeson and yeah, the three of them. I thought that was yeah. a good. I thought that was a good oh, scene, yeah. and especially compared to like if you look at some of the lightsaber fights in one, two, and three. I mean, especially, or sorry, four, five, and six. Especially four, especially the the, the first lightsaber fight that you ever see between Alec Guinness and Darth Vader. I mean, it's oh. like two geriatrics <laughs> in Depends, you know, <laughs> who have just crapped themselves trying to, you know. <laughs> Jeez. Trying to throw fluorescent tubes at one another. I mean, it was a big step up from that. 
One of my oh, favourite yeah. stories was that Ewan McGregor, because he'd seen the movies as a kid and grew up with them, they had to keep, they had to dub out the fact that Ewan McGregor made the lightsaber noises <laughs> as he was having the fight. <laughs> That's awesome. And you can actually see his, if you look carefully, you can see him making the noises during some of the, the fight scenes, but they had to dub them out in post-production. And of course, of course uh, Ewan McGregor's uncle is in episode four, five and six, isn't he? That's right, he's oh, Wedge, isn't he? Yeah, Wedge and Zillies, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, gosh. So, wow. okay, okay, so not everyone was negative about um, The Phantom Menace. And I mean, of course, Mr. Dolan was also somebody, as we mentioned before, that was uh, that was there when uh, the hype first happened yeah. for uh, episode four. Yeah, so I waited 22 years for episode one. Yeah. Uh, for, well, from episode four back to episode one. I was disappointed with that. I mean, I hated Jar Jar Binks, still hate Jar Jar Binks. Um, mm. Which, I mean, and I suppose it's the only good thing about episode two and three is that I think he may have one line in the next two films. Yeah, and they must have done some market research on that one. Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently I was reading recently that um, um, George Lucas wouldn't go on... Uh, wouldn't go on the internet to read any reviews of The Phantom Menace for about five <laughs> years after oh the gosh. film came out. So he, I don't think he knew firsthand how much he was hated. I'm sure he was told this by his uh, his uh, various uh, partners in crime. But um, yeah. yeah, so that's quite interesting. But yeah, so um, you know, we didn't have to wait too long uh, for for Attack of the Clones episode two, as it is. Um, and as I said, one of the worst love stories I've ever seen. Um, and also, um, I'd argue that completely ripped off John Carter of Mars as well. That scene yeah. towards the end, like three quarters of the way into the film in the arena, is um, for me a, a massive rip-off of the same scene in John Carter, which of course we know had influenced George Lucas with Star Wars. Yeah, I can see that. I'm watching it recently again, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. I think the whole side story with the droids and getting their head knocked off and all that type of stuff, that was just filler. Yeah, I think they, they need to do some lip service to the fans of Boba Fett as to where that might have come from and um, the history there of the character. But yeah, I agree. It seemed to be a, a lot of, of fluff, really, to fill some time. And, you know, they obviously talked about the Clone Wars and they saw what the Clone Wars actually, what actually, you know, that related to. But, um, yeah, I mean, as much as episode one disappointed me and was boring uh, at various parts, I think Attack of the Clones was actually just more disappointing because it had more potential to do something better and yet seemed to, you know, do it no better, if not a little bit worse than you found in episode one. So it seemed to be a bit of a step backwards, if anything. Um, I would say my highlight of... uh, Attack of the Clones, and someone who, again, wasn't particularly good in it, uh, Christopher Lee. Dracula vs. Yoda. Who we, know yeah. that, who we know is a great actor, um, but it just didn't just didn't cut the mustard in it. Um, and I put that down again to direction. But um, still my favourite part of that is when Yoda and him face off, and he's there with a little walking stick going, uh, uh, I can't fight, I can't possibly fight. And starts bouncing around the room. 
And the thing is, you know he was double thinking that because he was thinking, right, I'm being filmed here. If I do this now, if I fight Count Doku and bounce around like I do, I could find next Monday when I claim my disability allowance, it's denied. <laughs> but he but he did it anyway, and I think that's commendable, you know. You know, he said, sod the disability benefits, I'm going to fight like a trooper. Um, but talking about the crappy CGI... Obviously, because Yoda's completely CGI, um, right. the way he bounces around, you can... It, it's very obvious that it's some not now, very good CGI. I heard on another podcast recently that Yoda in The Phantom Menace was puppet. He was, yeah. Well, And then uh, they replaced him in the videos and the Blu-ray version correct. with CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you go back and look at the first trailer of, or, or the early trailers of, of Phantom Menace, um, it is terrible. Mmm, you look like Miss Piggy, I do. No, it's, it's not good. I mean, all right, I know they're the same voice actor, but um, yeah, it's, it's terrible. I mean, CGI was definitely the way to go, and it's, it's probably the only time I've agreed with what George Lucas did with CGI. Uh, Messing about with a Star Wars film, because it looked... More, it, it looked better. I don't know why Yoda looked so different in episode one to he did in episode five, to be honest, considering that he was a puppet in episode five. Sorry, kids, <laughs> if you're listening to this, um, but he's a puppet. Um, but but yeah, so that that is that is true. But did, did anyone like Attack of the Clones at all? Am I being too harsh in my criticism? I don't know. I it was. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it was better than episode one because Jar Jar Binks only had that one line. Yeah. <laughs> so again, that's me trying to take the positive. I I like the um, the start of the battle. You know where where it all breaks out out with all the Jedi's dropping, mm-hmm. and it and it literally kicks off, and it, it's very much like modern warfare. You know they're all. In their Chinook helicopters, almost aren't they all bombing over? And I thought they could have done a lot more with that. No, well, Scouts are enjoying when it kicks off. That's unusual. Yeah, I thought that was. I enjoyed that bit of the film. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, no, no that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Tom, was there anything you'd like to add? Well, I remember when I first watched, we saw the Yoda fight scene where he was bouncing all over the place. And it was kind of like fun to watch. It was like, oh my god! But then at the same time, I was like, that's just not the Yoda that we know. Mm. You know what I mean? Even though this is so many years earlier, but it just felt kind of strange to see him doing that. Um, although I guess logically that's how he would have fought because this is how he used to. You know, he's one of the greatest fighters ever of uh, the Force. So uh, obviously that's he could do crazy things. But it just was so weird for me to see that. Uh, but I don't know, that was just me. It was just one, another one of those things that was a little bizarre. But it, yet again, I enjoyed it, though. I really did like that fight scene. I thought it was fun. What, what I still don't fully understand is the creation of the clone army mm. is done by a Jedi, a dead Jedi. I don't remember. I don't know. Right. Uh, Nick, you. It was. It wasn't uh, Liam Neeson. I think it was. No. It was some other Jedi. I can't remember. But 
Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. It and was it, this is the whole storyline of the three films of the double bluff by the Emperor, isn't it? Yes. How and that that burns me head out how he was able to get away with what he got away with, and he basically he creates a robot army, but he's also manipulated people to create the clone army. If if mm. that's what I'm fully understanding. And then in the third film, that asthmatic Jedi Slayer. What was his name? Not Count Dooku. Count Urkel. Uh, General Grievous. General Grievous. Yeah. He he throws... First of all, he throws Count Dooku under the bus, doesn't he, in the third film? Chop his head off. And and, and literally under a bus, which is amazing, because I'd never even seen a bus in those films. (laughs) And then he throws the other fella under another bus. And then just marries it all up. And well, you know what I say about buses? To come in threes. You you wait mm-hmm. you wait light years for one, and then two come along at once. <laughs> um, <laughs> he uh, he um, yeah. I mean I I mean I actually rate Grievous. Grievous is is one of those like like Darth Maul, a very badass looking character, um, who doesn't have as much screen time as as he probably should have done. Um, I don't know if anyone knows, voiced by the same voice actor as Bender in Futurama. So obviously, uh, yeah, typecast uh. two voice robots. <coughs> um, and that was my impression of General Grievous there, uh, by coughing. Um, but yeah, just just a character that, that should have had more, uh, should have had a bigger legacy. I know he, he has done in the, the Clone Wars series and, and, and stuff like that, but... Uh, in the films, another great villain that wasn't used for, for much uh, for much time at all. Um, I would say that's probably one of the only downsides with, with Star Wars is the fact that obviously uh, in 4, 5 and 6 we had an amazing iconic villain in Darth Vader. And in the other films they've tried to make these characters that could even be considered cooler than Darth Vader and how evil they are, but give them about five minutes of screen time. Yeah, it's like the, a Marvel baddie or a, a DC baddie. They always get killed at the end of the film, don't they? Mm. Mm. Whereas in the comic books, they don't. They get put in prison and break out. Yes, like the Foo Fighters would say. So, yeah, I mean, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Um, as I the said, best I, of the trilogy. Definitely the best of the, of the prequel trilogy. <coughs> I might have to have another beer. And... Um, I said, I remember going to, I went to Leicester Square, and it was the first time it had ever been done in the world, for obvious reasons, that they had uh, this, the entire series back-to-back shown for the first time, leading up to the premiere, the European premiere of Revenge of the Sith. So I went there at 7 o'clock in the morning and started with episode 4, and the night at about 8, 8.30 at night start for Revenge of the Sith. Um, and that was the last time I'd watched all those films together until uh, this year. Um, but Revenge of the Sith was was clearly uh, a lot better than episodes one and two, and yet still didn't improve or, or didn't over over um, take my love for episodes four, five, and six. Um, right. But you know that's me. I think there are quite a few positives with that. But you know, guys' uh, opinions. I thought it was really I liked how they explained how Darth Vader finally turned to the dark side 
Mm. Like that was kind of nice for me. That battle scene at the end, the planet was amazing. Uh, and then I, I did like when Hugh McGregor was yelling at him, you were supposed to be the chosen one. I remember that. Oh, love like that. you were supposed to be the one or whatever. Mm. Uh, that was, I thought that was pretty powerful. I really did enjoy that. It's horrific when you watch that scene back and he does the flip over and in one yeah. swipe, you and McGregor takes off his arm and two of his legs. Yeah. Mm. And he crashes down onto the molten lava uh, next to it and just basically catches flames. Ugh. And the, the rage as he's lying there dying, the mm. hatred, it's phenomenal. And yet people yeah. wonder why you can only buy plastic lightsabers. Mm. And not real ones. <laughs> <laughs> They're deadly weapons, people. Um, I mean, again, some more of the crappy love story, but not anywhere near as much as, as before. That was also a positive. But I think what was good, as you say, was what made him turn. And, you know, the thing is, it was his love for uh, Padme, Amidala, whatever you want to call her. Um, and the fact that he was told by giving in to the dark side, he would have these powers that would make make sure she never died. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, that's a great explanation, because you know people always wonder why, you know, you know, from being so good, what could make you want to become so bad? And obviously, that's a that's a good reason for such a love. Right. So, um, you know, it, there is just little things where he's feeding. Padme a pear mm. like do they have pears in a galaxy far far away and then he has <laughs> Yoda goes back and he watches the CCTV footage of the security tapes mm. and he watch, he watch them slaying the younglings and then they talk in years as well just I almost expected at some point one of them to be chugging down a Diet Coke do, do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can hmm, understand that. Check the CTTV, you will. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was, it was probably a cracking video. Well, maybe it wasn't, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, as we've all pointed out, you know, episode three was clearly the best of a bad bunch. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I'm glad that I revisited those. But at the same time, I also kind of wish I'd watched the, the uh, series of films in what's known as Machete Order. Does anyone Has anyone heard of Machete Order? No, what's that? Okay, so someone come up with this great theory of how you should best watch uh, those films. Um, and the best way of doing it is to go episode four, episode five, episode two, episode three, episode six. Ah, and the reason, why? right? So the reason why, firstly, if you notice, you get rid of one completely, because <laughs> anything that's important in one, you get told about in the scroll of episode two. But you go episode four, episode five, big reveal of Darth Vader and who he is. Then you go back to episode two and three, watch how Darth Vader came into being, round up with six. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a yeah. clever way of watching it. Clever way of watching it. Um, but um, but yeah, so that's that's how I would have done it. But you know, I still think they have a certain place in in the history of of the franchise. But 
you know, let's all talk about where I'm sure most of our love started. Now, we've already talked about um, Tom and yourself, Paul, about, you know, being there at the time, yep. being at the right age for it. Craig, a little bit younger for that. Yep. Um, my my love of Star Wars, I can pinpoint exactly how it happened. My dad took me up to, um, to London, to HMV, and it was when Star Wars first came out on video. I'm not even sure if it's even if they even had it on Betamax, but we definitely bought VHS because that's what we had. And I imagine it was quite expensive because videos were at the time. And it was a big deal, Star Wars coming out on home video. And he said to me, you're going to love this film. I know you're going to love this film. And I had no interest in it at all because I was like, <laughs> oh, if Dad likes it, I'm not going to like it. I remember going back and watching it that Saturday night. And from the next day, for the next year, over a year, Every Sunday, without foul, I would watch Star Wars. <laughs> Every Sunday. And I was, I must have been, hang on, 83. I must have been about four, maybe coming up to five, maybe when it came out on video. And then he told me there was two more, but they weren't available yet. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this continues. And um, it, it was also a great time for me because it was when all the toys were being phased out. There was no new films. They stopped making toys. So all the toy shops used to sell the toys off really cheap. So I got everything. Mm-hmm. I got loads of ships and loads of toys and car boot fairs and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I had pretty much every character and loads yeah. of, of the spaceships. We just got played to death. So they're not worth anything nowadays. Um, but I was absolutely obsessed with Star Wars. It was just it was just the greatest. I'd never seen anything like it. And, I mean, obviously it would have been the same for you guys as well. But you you were that kind of... A little bit older when you saw it but um yeah i just remember the first time yeah. just being completely blown away and um yeah that that's what started my my lifelong uh, love with star wars um anyone want to talk yeah. any more about that yeah i mean i would have the you same know, i was i was oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. sorry go, <coughs> go for ahead. it you're the guest Go for I, I had the same I had the same experience. I was about eight years old and my parents bought tickets for us to see the show. They didn't really know what it was about. My dad said a friend of his said, Oh, go see it. It's kind of like a space swashbuckling, you know, kind of film. And we didn't realize, well, my parents didn't realize how popular the movie was, even when it came out, because we went to see it, they bought tickets, but we had to sit right up front because the <laughs> theater was packed. Mm. I mean, it was packed, so we had to sit right up in the front row. So we had to stare with our eye, you know, like our heads back and our eyes on the screen. But I got to tell you, as soon as those credits started to roll, you know, that credit crawl that we all love, like watching that, and then the spaceship, the Imperial you know, thing coming right up on top of you. Like as that scene opens up and we open up right into that big battle in the ship and Darth Vader coming in and I, my little eight-year-old head exploded. I was just like, oh, my God, because I had never seen anything like that. Uh, and it was just so what great, entertaining storytelling. And we were just I was just enthralled. Uh, and I I was hooked. I was hooked. I had all the toys as well. I had a Millennium Falcon I played with. I had like the Hoth Planet set I played with. I mean, I was I was hooked on it. Mrs. Mm. D? Yeah, I mean, I was um, slightly older. <laughs> So I think it, I think I was 13 when Star Wars came out, and we, my friends, there must have been about 10 of us, we actually queued to see the the Glasgow premiere of Star Wars. So it was 1986, we, was it? Must mm, have been quite late. 
to get to Glasgow. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, in a Glasgow far, far away. <laughs> um, but we, uh, the funny thing is, there's a couple of funny things. One is, um, I can remember we queued up from really early in the morning, like seven thirty, eight in the morning. But the movie didn't actually start until about two thirty in the afternoon. So you think about it today, by two thirty, they've they've shown the movie about five times and made lots of money. But in those days, it was a bit different and. Uh, Dave Prowse or Darth Vader was was there, so I got signed magazine from him. Uh, two magazines, one one he signed and another one. But the weird thing is, as well as being Darth Vader, he was also the Green Cross code man, which he is was. like Tom. It's like a road safety uh, thing, you know. It's like helping yeah, kids to cross that. the road. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so you would get like a you get like a Darth Vader badge. And then you get all this green cross code stuff as well, and uh, <laughs> awesome. and then I remember, like like you being in the cinema, and and in those days there were curtains like red velvet curtains that that drew apart, and then the the twentieth century Fox thing came up, and it was just it was amazing. And as soon as that first scene, as you said, you know that first scene when you see the you know, the, the the words go up and then you see the planet and then the, the, the spaceship getting chased by oh. the, the big Imperial cruise. It was just yes. amazing. And I can remember sitting there in the th- cinema thinking, wow, you know, this is it. <laughs> and uh, the first, the, the one funny thing about it though was it's it was the first time that you ever saw um, kind of beat up science fiction tech you know, because yeah. in Star Wars, like the Millennium Falcon, it's 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 junky and you know uh, stuff is scuffed and bashed and things like that. Before that, if you think about like the original Star Trek series and Blake Seven and all that stuff, everything was white or silver and shiny and new. You know, spaceships yeah. were were high tech and new, and you know it was just it was a totally different thing. Star Wars was just something you know completely mind-blowing and revolutionary, you know? Right, right. Mm. So, yeah, I was hooked right away on the original the original three, and I saw the original three when they came out, and then, you know, obviously, a long time later, um, got the, the, DV, the DVDs or the videos, Nick, like you. Um, but from, you know, from seeing them in the cinema until them coming out on video was, was a huge amount of time. Well, back in those days, I mean, it, it, it was, wasn't it? I mean, I yeah. I remember I wanted to go and see, going off topic, but I wanted to go and see Batman. And it was in the UK, it was a 12. It was the first 12 certificate film. Mm. And uh, again, I was like six, so I couldn't go. And my parents said, look, you know, there's only one scene that's a bit violent. We'll, we don't want to see show you that, but you can watch the rest of the film. And as soon as it comes out on video, we'll, we'll rent it out for you. And uh, it must have been about eight, nine months, if not, you know, longer, actually. It might have even been a year to wait for that to come out. And, oh, that felt like the longest wait in the world. <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> amount of time. Uh, yeah. Mr. Lucas, your first Star Wars experience. George. My first Star Wars, well, I was in my uncle's caravan on Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> it was Return of the Jedi for me. Mm-hmm. The first two films just totally passed me by. Mm. And... For Return of the Jedi, it just exploded in uh-huh. in my head, and we went to the Odeon, and we seen one, two, and three, or four, five, and six back to back, 
uh, I can remember going in the in the boot of my uncle's Ford Capri because <laughs> all the grandchildren went. There was about seven of us in this car. Uh, there was pack lunches were taken. There was thermos flasks. For a different time. Yeah, and we we took our jam butties in <laughs> and getting sandwiches for you, Tom. There, there was. There was, uh, you know, we we stopped in between each film for a toilet break, and he'd all run out, and then he'd all run back in. And I, I just remember being blown away by it, basically. But we were there all day. We went into the cinema, and it was daylight, and we come out, and it was pitch black. I remember it being off the top of my head Christmas when Return of the Jedi come out, but I might be totally wrong with that. Mm, I, I think I it was know. definitely summer in, in uh, America, but I all, don't know. I thought they all come out the week after George Lucas's birthday in May. Right, oh. well, you know yeah. better than me. Uh, My memories are different, like, but... A little bit of trivia there. Yeah. yeah. Didn't realise that. But I, can, I, I, I got the Panini sticker books. Oh, Panini stickers. <laughs> where the, you've mm. got a picture cut in half and you have to, you know... You'd have to get one half and then the other half, and, and then you stick it in slightly at a different angle, and it would and all ruin the picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pissed off. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Wow, you got to remember though, Craig, as well. I mean, the, the fact that you saw them back to back to back, you may have seen them at Christmas. It may have been a Christmas thing. It, it might, might have been, have like been a re-release yeah. or something for that yeah. for yeah. that purpose. But um, that's but, the first time I got the figures. Um, mm. I had the Tonton. And you could literally put Luke Skywalker into the belly. You could. But you could also put his, put him into, you could sit him on top of it, but there was a hatch. So his legs would go in and there was some pretend legs that wrapped around the side of it, like um, a saddle. Yep. So it looked like he was in, he was riding it. Um, Nice. And what are them little, uh, the, the, the little brown things with the black eyes, the black faces. Jawas. Jawas? Yeah. Yeah, I've still yeah. got me Jawa. <laughs> and I've still got me Princess Leia, which are dipped in Amorite paint. Wow. <laughs> and it's Return of the Jedi Princess Leia, where she's dressed up as a bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've lost the mask, the helmet, years ago, but she's a luminous green. <laughs> <laughs> because I dipped it in paint. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got to be honest. Like as a, as a child, I think of of the although I loved Star Wars, I think Return of the Jedi because of the speed of bikes was definitely my my go to Star Wars film. Oh, my auntie oh, had yeah. a speed bike, and and obviously I like the Ewoks as well. I don't quite like them as much now, but I definitely you know I was definitely the right age for Ewoks right. uh, as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the speeder bikes were just so cool. And I like the Atats. Um, was or they, hang on, which ones? Well, the Atats, the, f- the four-legged ones, and the ATSTs, the, the smaller ones. Yeah, the Atats are the four ones, four-legged yeah, ones. the ATSTs. So I like them as well. There, there was just like a lot to like about. Yeah. Um, that. And I actually liked as well that Lando Carusian was was quite a big player in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, compared to his uh, nasty, more nasty role in Empire Strikes Back, boom. Right. Um, I mean, if, if, I mean, the, the the common opinion is that of of four, five, and six, that you know, 
four's good. Five, Empire Strikes Back is the best. Yeah. Uh, and Empire Strikes Back is a weak, weaker third part of that of that trilogy. Is, is everyone in agreement with that? Or yeah, I, I think... think I'm sorry, yeah, I think Empire is the best one. That's mm. one of my favorite films, period. It's just the strongest. It ends on such a cliffhanger, you know, mm. with Han Solo being frozen. It's got the love story between Han and Princess Leia. And you got all... That's when they introduced all, like, those at-at things for, like, the planet Hoth. That's when we meet Yoda. That's when Luke starts the training. I just... I, I think that's one of the best ones. Is yeah. that where Luke does the Rocky montage and chases a chicken? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Huh? Pound, so, pound some beef. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the other thing I liked about about the second one, about the Empire Strikes Back, was just the variety of locations. Because mm, you, yeah. you had Hoth at the beginning... Then you had Luke. He goes to a uh, place where Yoda is. What is it? The Dagobah. Dagobah. No, yeah, Dagobah system. system. Yeah. Then they go to the Cloud City. You know, it, there's yeah. just there's just a lot of different locations. Yeah. And also, as well, um, we're, we're neglecting the fact that um, Empire Strikes Back also contains a Disney Pixar connection. Ooh. Because I don't know if you noticed this, and I I, I watched it, it again. Yeah. No, he's not in it, unfortunately. He's not one of the snowspeeder pilots. But um, when you watch it, one of the, uh, during the opening like bits of the film, uh, when they're on the ice, or when they're on Hoff and they're in the like, rebel base, um, John Ratzenberger. He's one, of the, uh, oh, he's one of the rebels. You're right. I think I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Doesn't, doesn't speak with his normal... You know, cheers, right. Cliff voice, uh-huh. uh, but it's quite clearly him. Um, and so there you go, yeah. a little wow. fact for you. What I, I did notice when watching these films back recently, as much as I still love them, is unfortunately I'm going to be like one of those people now. How much I feel the film's been ruined with the unnecessary added special effects. Yes, the CGI I've... creatures and shooting first and all of that. Yeah. I've still I got was... the. I've got the the DVD. Now I've got the DVD, which has got the both versions on it—the yeah. the, the theatrical and the digital. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I prefer the theatrical. Yeah, yeah definitely. And this, I, I think, don't. Uh, go on. I Sorry, don't John. mind. I'm, I'm saying I don't mind if he wanted to tinker with that. I mean, you know, whatever people just want to do that. I think that's fine. But just also let us have the original, the theatrical releases as well. I mean, you know. Yeah. Did Which, anyone go and see the 3D? How many of them come out in 3D? Uh, one. He pulled the plug, didn't he? Or did, was that because of the Disney buyout? Or? Well, it's a little bit of a weird one, this, obviously being the 3D enthusiast that I am. Um, so I never saw it, actually. I never saw Phantom Menace. My brother did, and he said it was okay. Um, as conversions go, wasn't didn't seem particularly well done. Um, now, see, the, the, to do this, it actually used... They actually did some footage from episode 4 the, the Death Star run they did that as a demo reel in 3D ah. to kind of sell it and the, the idea was that everyone was going to want to see all of these films in 3D again but really people just wanted to see 4, 5 and 6 so when episode mm. 1 came out didn't do very well they kind of right. like mm, I don't know what to do but um, all like episodes 1, 2 and 3 have been shown in 3D at Star Wars celebration events mm. so they have been completed um, but I, I think the the home release has been kind of handed about because of the the buyout and what that means. Um, 
I would have thought it would been it made really good business sense, especially as The Force Awakens is in 3D, um, to have got re-released those again in 3D, because I would have bought them again. Yeah. Having a 3D telly, absolutely. Um, wow. All of them. All of them. No problem at all. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean... I, I think even with even if they had the effects in them, I, I still probably would buy them. But those those CGI effects just just do distract. And I think the thing is, even if you only knew those versions, which obviously the generation we, you know, our kids and everything like that, most of them will be familiar with these versions of the films. Um, just you know, they must see it doesn't look quite right. It just doesn't blend in like it should do. The CGI is too modern to the, the mm. film you're yeah. watching. Um, but uh, but there and of course and that leads us you know Carly into the Force Awakens. Um, yeah. Now as Tom as Tom mentioned uh, prior to us recording this show, uh, the premiere the world premiere was last night in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, the it film was. will come out will will be out I imagine by the time this comes out. In fact, it will be because even if we get this show out tonight, mm. um, it comes out in France tomorrow. Uh, the UK on Thursday and the rest of the world on Friday. So, you know, we'll have all had a chance, an opportunity to have seen it if we had bought tickets in advance. I bought my tickets two months ago yep, so on the here. day on the day they came out. So I get to see my lovely laser IMAX 3D presentation at Leicester Square. But, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know it's, it's a silly question, but is anyone not really looking forward to it? <laughs> yeah. I think we're all pretty much we're we're ready for it. I think oh, yeah. putting it into the context of what's coming on a biggest picture, where you've got Rogue Squadron, you've got the Boba Fett story, whatever that's going to be called. Mm. I got, would love it if it's called <laughs> How to Bob- Bounty: The Boba Fett Story. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've got Star Wars Land, you know, coming into the parks. Yeah, I'm, I mean Harry Potter Land is phenomenal for a shopping precinct with a, a, a ride in it. But, Highly Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> but Star Wars Land is just going to be on a literally on a different planet. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm with you. And you know, it's... so to, to, to put all that together, we've got at least six films coming out, haven't we? Mm. Oh, no. at least, yeah. at least. Um, yeah. And actually, some Star Wars news on that front today. Um, they revealed that Downtown Disney um, no longer has the shop that was known as D Street. Um, it is now a Star Wars uh, shop. I can't remember what the, the name of it is. I think it's a hangar or something like that. But it is a Star Wars shop now. Oh, nice. So all Star Wars merchandise, which I think is the first time Downtown Disney would have had a shop... <laughs> focus that much on Star Wars merchandise and again it's another example of how serious uh, <laughs> my dinner's ready um, another example of, of how uh, big they think Star Wars is going to be now because of these films and I mean you know the hype I, I haven't seen hype like this for any film this century mm. I mean on the news tonight they actually said that it was the biggest film release of this millennium which is probably true, actually, because yeah. we're only 15 years into it. <laughs> but even <laughs> even like the last Harry Potter film didn't generate this much mm. excitement for people. And we're talking about a film that 
you know, the last one of the series ten years ago, late, late people kind of feeling quite droll about everything. So the <laughs> fact that we are so excited about it, um, I mean, today I, I looked at not to brag, again, but I I've, um, looked on Facebook and my pictures of when I saw uh, when I met John uh, Biega, um and and Daisy um, O'Reilly about at the Star Wars launch for the Force Awakens merchandise. And how excited they both were. I mean, obviously, they're, they're both quite young actors. And, um, you know, this is the first big franchise they've been involved in. But, you know, they wouldn't be that excited about just being in a Star Wars film if it was just a film. They know it's a good film. Harrison Ford said it's a good film, and he's a grumpy mofo. Um, I know, right. And even, and exactly. Even, apparently, even George Lucas has said that he's happy with it. Um, well, Kevin Smith's seen it, hasn't he? The Kevin Smith film. He's not produced. seen. He's not seen the film, but he went on the set, didn't he? Yeah. I, yeah, I think he's. Yeah. I think he's seen the film himself from the way he was talking on Hollywood Babylon the other week. He okay. did go on the set though. Yeah. And he wet, wet, He literally wept. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. every time I've seen the, and I, I mean that's one thing. Although I can't wait to see the film, I can't wait to see the the, the Blu-ray extras, and see the behind the scenes of it because mm-hmm. you know when you've seen footage of them filming it with the stuff they have released so far of them on the Millennium Falcon, it's the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. That's going to no, be another right. studio tour for the UK, surely. Oh I mean, my god! You know, Could you got the Potter imagine? one. Wow, yeah. You know, I mean, you who imagine? wouldn't want to go and see that? Idiots. Yeah. There, there. I've told. I've. I've said it now. <laughs> if you are nice. that person, you're an idiot. And that's fine. That's this whole dark approved. Do you think Star Wars could pull off a, its own theme park? Wow, that's a good question. Could it? Yeah. I, well, I think I, it could because you'd have all those different lands, mm-hmm. kind and of, all the, all the different yeah. eras as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I think that would be. Amazing if they did something like that. If Disney did a like another gate, it could quite yeah. easily be Star Wars. But then again, you could say the same about Marvel. You know, yeah, it's a shame that it's true. all tied up in the legal in the legal um, tape there that they can't. Can you imagine but... a dark side of the park? Yeah, there you go. Oh, are you listening, <laughs> Disney? Are you listening? Avatar <laughs> World, who? Yeah. Well, do you think now they've rushed into the Avatar purchase? Yeah, they oh, needed God. something. We've had this discussion yeah. before. Absolutely. Yeah. They they didn't... Harry Potter come out and they crapped their pants. What's making a load of money? Avatar, yeah. let's buy that. If they knew George had any intention of selling up, they wouldn't have even spoken to Cameron. Mm-hmm. David or James. Neither of the yeah. Camerons. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's a rush purchase. I mean, you, look, you know what? I hope Avatar Land does well. Avatar Land's going to be absolutely stunning. Just because, you know, they, they've, they've invested the money they have in it, and I hope it's as good as it looks. But as fun as that's going to be, even if all the stuff they've shown happens and it is as good as it looks, yeah, it's still about Star Wars, isn't it? Yeah. Have, have you been, Tom, have you been lucky enough to get to Disneyland? recently for any of the Star Wars overlay? I haven't and I can't wait to go. I'm supposed to go either later this month or in January with some friends, uh, but I'm definitely going to check it out and can't wait because we're only, I'm only about like 40 minutes away from Disneyland. So, I'm definitely going to check it out. Tom, what the bloody hell are you speaking to us for? You could be jumping in the car (laughs) and Disneyland. I wouldn't be talking to me if I could. 
I know we try to go down there once a month. We'll go with friends or we'll walk around downtown Disney and just, uh, you know, eat there and just kind of be part of the atmosphere, you know? Yeah. Well, I have seen, I I did see an on, I don't normally look at these things, but I did see an onboard video of uh, the new Space Mountain. Oh, yeah. And, oh, man. I mean, I've never gone on the the Disneyland version of Space Mountain anyway, and I know they're all different, but just, just looks absolutely brilliant. Love they it. do some good stuff here, especially with like the the haunted mansion overlay and mm-hmm. the stuff with the star. And they they do a lot of cool stuff here. They do. Yeah, well, I'm so lucky. You had you had Electronica. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe one day people will give a shit about Tron, like everyone does about Star Wars, but I doubt it. Um, it's it's almost time to end our Star Wars special. I'm you know, sad to say, um, it's it's been fun talking Star Wars, and we should try and do it more often. But I think this yeah. was a momentous occasion that needs to be rewarded. And you know, I, I think in a in a few weeks we'll be able to all talk about the Force Awakens properly, and uh, and have fun with that. But um, before we go. Uh, Tom, thank you again for joining us. And, you know, obviously we've been playing some of your newer uh, stuff from from the album, but now we've also been playing some of your uh, older work as well. And if you've enjoyed what you've been listening to in the background, because, you know, maybe my talking bores you, Tom, again, (laughs) can you just remind people of where they can get your stuff? Sure, they can just go to iTunes and just search my name, Tom Amin, uh, or go to Google Play. If you want to get a physical CD of my new Star Wars album, uh, Journey to the Stars, you can go to CD Baby. And I'll have links on my website as well. And my website is, is TomAminMusic.com. Yeah, now, um, we've got a link to Tom Amin's music on nice. our show notes going forward for about the last three shows now because you were kind enough to play our theme tune that's not on the start <laughs> of course of this because yes. uh, bonnie face is in prison technical <laughs> difficulties but he'll, he'll yeah. be back he'll be back yeah um, they'll, they'll get him out <laughs> yeah eventually um but you know and this is more for people in the uk so i don't think it applies in the us but um there's been a recent change in the law in the uk they've, they've reversed the law back and basically um if i go and buy your cd tom mm-hmm. um i would not be legally allowed to put that into my computer, put it onto iTunes, and then listen to it on my preferred MP3 device. Um, Oh, my gosh. So with that in mind, what I would recommend our listeners to do, of course, uh, is is to buy your CD, because I I think there's nothing fun in the world than a physical... A copy mm. of an album i love it mm-hmm. love the, the notes and the, you know you get to feel something but at the same time it'd be wise for you to buy the digital version as well buy the mp3 and that way legally you can listen to it on your favorite device as well as feeling that you haven't cheated the police oh my god <laughs> we don't want the police coming after you we See? do not want that tom doesn't want it we don't no. want it buy the cd buy the mp3 we don't want no rosas you know what makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> Don't do it, kids. Um, but, but Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the music, the joy it's bringing. Um, and, you know, for, for the, the people that could join us today um, and couldn't stop touching their microphones, um, Paul, Craig, thank you very much. Um, and I'm Nick. If you want to report back to us on, on buying two copies of Tom's album you can of course let us know via the website at www.dizzafterdark.com or you can email us podcast at dizzafterdark.com 
Very nice. You can find Thank us on Twitter at DizAfterDark, Facebook.com forward slash DizAfterDark, or you can switch off your targeting computer and just trust the force and you'll find us. <laughs> Possibly. Love can it. I? Can we just bow Maybe. out with a, a Star Wars joke? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Right. right, so Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi go out for a Chinese and uh, they order, they order various things, you know, uh, spring rolls, prawn crackers, some crispy duck even. And then the main course comes and uh, Luke orders fried rice with uh, sweet and sour pork. Uh, Obi-Wan orders boiled rice because he's keeping his cholesterol down uh, with some beef green pepper. Uh, Luke Skywalker is, is using his chopsticks to eat and keeps keeps dropping the food. He's getting really frustrated, really angry. And Obi-Wan just reaches over and gives him a puts a reassuring hand on Luke's hand and says, Luke, use the forks. <laughs> nice. And you've been listening to the Dibcast. Uh <laughs> after talk is back next week with better jokes. <laughs> I'll get a taxi, eh? Yeah, yeah. So, so you have been, engines you, running. You may have not been drinking, but you have been drinking. Um, <laughs> guys, it has been emotional. Listener, yep. thank you very much for joining us for another episode at the only episode thus far of Days After Dark, of the Dark Side of the Force Awakens. Um, thank you very much, and we'll speak to you soon. Good night. Take care, now. Thanks, Tom. I thank you, guys. Yep, see you soon. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Somebody should say, may the force be with you. Oops, I already yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> Always.